0: What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this AL East preview here on the Bullpen Cart Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. That is right. Baseball is back, and we are back with the first of our division previews. Greg Piatelli and I go through the American League East. We go through all five teams. We look at lineups, pitching rotations, bullpens, all that good stuff, key ads, key losses, We make our predictions. We start the show off talking about baseball, coming back, some of the new rules. We end the show with our predictions. Talk a little Joe Buck going to ESPN, as well as a couple other things. March Madness started today, so we talk about our brackets. This one was a lot of fun to record, though. Cannot wait to hear what you think. Let us know either in the comments. Tweet at us at ThunderBLG is the handle there. Comment on Instagram. Thunderblogsports is our Instagram handle. But enjoy this episode. Enjoy March Madness. Enjoy spring training. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. That is right. We are back talking about baseball. If you were listening to our hockey update last week, baseball ended its lockout. It's been one week. We've had some deals go down. As is tradition, we are beginning our division previews with the American League East. And of course, I had to bring in the legend himself, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you?
1: Jordy, I'm doing great. Um, This is the time of year where I feel like everything... Is happening sports wise, March Madness. Uh, you got college hockey, college lacrosse, college baseball. And I'm, only, I'm only I know I know I'm only naming sports that I like because <laughs> there's a lot of college sports. at End of winter season, beginning of spring. You got like you said, um, a lot of fun, exciting thing. March Madness, obviously. NHL is heating up. Trade deadline. Uh, NBA, same thing. Baseball is in the spring training. You know, it's it, this March, I guess, even into April is is sort of some of the best sports wise uh, that we get all year. I mean, Absolutely. NFL is great. NFL is great and everything. But, you know, this is this to me is a better time of year because there's so much going on.
0: Yeah, there definitely is. And you're exactly right. The NHL trade deadline being so late this year adds to that excitement. I'm going to Claude Drew's thousandth game tonight, which is going to be emotional, to say the least. But. There's a ton. March Madness is starting right now. We're recording this Thursday over lunch, so we got the first game underway with Michigan and Colorado State. But yeah, baseball is back, and spring training officially starts. Today, or I guess the games start today. Obviously, they've been down there, but we've had some deals go down. All the college sports, which can keep you entertained in any which way you want to, it's starting to get warm. We just had the players in golf, golf playing from us, the casual amateurs also beginning. So it's um yeah I mean this is definitely one of the most fun times of the year and and can't really get more exciting. This is it's probably the most packed. I mean October's in there too because the NHL and NBA start then and we get all that stuff. Football's in full swing, but yeah I mean kind of to your point with the NFL, even with all the different news of trades and free agency and all that, of you get the excitement. You hear different moves. You get you know trades like Russell Wilson or even Carson Wentz, which causes (laughs) hilarity all over the NFC East, but. All of this actual live sports. I mean, I think going back to two years ago, where we didn't have it, it was shut down. You know, nothing beats it. Nothing beats actual action, and we're getting it.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you want to start there with the with the lockout? Any new notable rules? Should we talk about? You know, the I, I'm sure people just heard about the lockout, but sort of why and and how it sort of ended, and then why they're locked out in the first place. Do you have any? Did I catch you off guard with
0: that? Um, a little, but I mean, basically the, there was a number of different things that, that went down in terms of, um, CBT, which I forget what the, it actually stands for. Um, but basically like another form of a luxury tax, there was stuff about adding the universal DH, which did get added. Now we have, instead of seven double, double headers, cause they are going to play a full one sixty two. We have nine inning double headers. They originally announced the ghost runner on second was going away, but apparently that might get walked back. The extra inning ghost runner, which I hate that rule. I know there's some people out there that like it, but that might still be a thing. Uh, we are getting a pitch clock in 2023, so I think that was part of it. We're also getting a banning of the shift, bigger bases. I believe those also start in 2023. I don't think they start this year. You could confirm or you can confirm that. For no, me. the, the bases is
1: 23. You're right. I'm pretty sure the clock is this year, and so... Uh, I think the was... clock is this
0: year only up to AAA, though. Uh,
1: okay, because yeah. I thought I thought minor league had a clock this whole time. I think they've, they've had it through
0: it AA, players. but they're adding it in AAA. They might have had it in AAA, too, but I think they might have reduced oh, it.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah.
0: I, there's also talks of robo-umps potentially coming to Major League Baseball. I don't think that's official yet. Somebody could confirm that um, in the, the comments if we're wrong there, which will be interesting, and there's... An option, I think, in one of the leagues, I don't know if it's the Atlantic Independent League or if it's in A or high A of they have a robo-ump, but they have an ump there that you can challenge to or something like that. Or maybe it's the reverse. You have a human ump, but they have a, like in tennis, how they have the the automatic review that takes two seconds. Yeah. You can have that. Um, so that might be interesting to see. I'm kind of a, in whatever on robo-umps. I always find it funny, though, with these different rules that are coming in that Some of the talk is to speed up baseball. Obviously, a pitch clock does that, and something that was going around the Internet throughout the the last, I don't know, 12 hours was some Japanese pitcher, Greg. I don't know if you saw this. He threw three pitches in 14 seconds. So you can see, certainly, there's the ability to speed up the game that way. But then these other rules to add more offense to baseball, inherently, because baseball doesn't have a clock, but there's more offense, that might make the game be longer, which I find funny, and I've always found kind of funny. Same with like the three pitcher rule, which or the three the three batter rule, which was supposed to reduce pitching changes, but also could potentially cause matchup or mismatchups and more offense that saying, way.
1: That's that's still there. Plus, like that, I know it's like an injury thing, but it's very much like you heard a pitcher if I don't know. You hurt you you heard people if. And if you limit pitches in that regard, and then yeah. getting rid of the shifts, you know, I think that's great, but it's not like the shifts were taking a lot of time away. Yeah. You know, it was just
0: causing outs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I guess, like you said, the fast, like with more people on, the more throw over to first we're going to get, the more, you know what I mean? The more check on the runner, the more stepping off the rubber.
0: Which I think is the point of the pitch clock because it is, you have to, the batter but, has to be in the box within nine seconds like they can't like call time and all that kind of stuff but the pitch clock i believe does include throwing to first base so it's supposed to reduce that which you would think with bigger bases which the point of that is to increase stolen bases you would think with less throwing over to first you're going to get more aggressive base running
1: wait so you're saying i have 30 seconds to
0: not even 30 i believe Uh, in triple a it's like 19 seconds
1: Okay, so I have 19 seconds to stand on the rubber, throw to first, get it back and pitch to home plate. Yeah. That's you would never pick someone off. No. What happens if my 19 seconds runs like
0: I don't I would assume it's a ball? I don't think it's a ball. Or do I have 19
1: seconds to throw to first?
0: I don't think it restarts when you throw to first base. I don't think somebody can confirm that. I I would need to watch an actual minor league game, which going up to a Triple A game in, at Lehigh would be awesome to actually get a a view of it, but I don't think throwing to first count. Somebody can confirm that, but I think the point is to try to reduce the constant checking of a runner and throwing to first and all that. And like, maybe it just turns into like, you step off the mound, you step off the rubber to make him come back. And then you step back in like, but a lot of it's also rhythm too. So I don't, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see a lot of these guys have to speed up their pitching styles. There's some guys that always were known for being quick. Like, Mark Burley pops to my mind of a guy who his starting games were. I think his I think his perfect game is like an hour and forty five minutes. So like there are not yeah, there are guys sale. that have been able to do it. But sale super quick. Yeah, Chris Sale is quick. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. You know, if it speeds up baseball and that gets more viewers in there, great. There's always though, and the problem with baseball never really getting out of their way is that the rules they put in place have never really. It's like they're trying to cater to too many audiences, which I think is frustrating as a hardcore baseball fan to see like all right, we're trying to bring in viewers, but there's some people that just aren't going to be in there, so maybe adding more offense gets people to start liking baseball, but I don't know it, it it's something crazy about like trying to get t v viewership, which obviously there's a ton of money there, especially in the playoffs, which is oh the, I guess we forgot to mention that too. It's an expanded playoffs now to twelve teams, the owners wanted fourteen, the players. I think didn't want to expand at all, but I think they conceded to 12. So we do have that as well.
1: Yeah. And then that's a good one. And then wasn't there another whole point of contention about like arbitration and how.
0: Yeah, there was a point on arbitration. I think the players won that. There was also something about the international player pool and that they wanted to add an international player draft instead of having like draft pick compensation, which that got deferred. I believe it got deferred to July. So we'll hear more about that then. Might have been delayed to July of 2023.
1: I was going to say, is there a potential chance of another lockout in July, but...
0: Yeah, I think I delayed it to July of 2023, but there is an opportunity that if they can't agree on to that, I think they can opt out of the the collective bargaining agreement at the end of 2023. Interesting. Which we've had all these talks of actual lockouts, and it finally did happen this year, but there was also a whole thing, like, the fact that they're starting on April 7th is crazy because there was a whole thing, too, of How baseball's television contracts work is that basically because of so many rainouts in the Northeast and other northern states because of cold snow in Denver, stuff like that, of like they pay a rebate back to their networks. So they were just willing to pay the full rebate to the networks. And like it really like starts to step up in May. So there was a whole thing for a little while that people thought we weren't going to get baseball until May 1st. So the fact they're starting in April and are going to play a full 162. That's at least exciting that we had that.
1: That's a good, that's a good point. Double headers are now nine inning games. Yep. So seven. Yep. Um, I mean, I didn't hate the seven inning games. It's tough. Cause all the, the those two weeks of games that were missed, all those, like you're, you're going to have so many double headers this year because of, they have to make up the, the first two weeks of the season that are being missed. Yep. And then on top of, like you said, the Northeast and the Colorado rainout, snowouts, like, and who knows whatever else out kansas city forgot to turn their lights on or pay their bill you know there there's there's just like there's going to be a plethora of so many uh uh double headers going yeah, well, to be too much yeah that a little it. bit with
0: covid of seeing it i don't know if taxi squads are back or not or if they're still a thing that that yeah. probably should be figured out of if you can add like in the seven double headers you could have an additional roster spot so you could have I think I think you could have an extra pitcher so that you weren't like burning guys' arms out. But to your point, the seven inning games were interesting because you could have like the Phillies would pitch Zach Wheeler for all seven innings, or they'd try to. Whereas like in a nine inning game, they might go to the bullpen earlier, even if Zach Wheeler's spinning a gem. Which brings up, I think I mentioned it before, but the universal DH is now a thing, so that adds a completely different layer of context to the entire thing. You added fifteen jobs in, in the National League. So it's going to be really interesting to see how teams build their lineups, how free agency, which is still very much in the full swing of big names, still out there. We had Chris Bryant sign with the the Rockies yesterday. Kyle Schwarber came to the Phillies. But there's still names that are going to be probably pretty key additions that might make serious contributions to their teams. And especially with the DH and seeing how both offensively and defensively lineups can be built, like a defensive, whatever the opposite of a defensive juggernaut that the Phillies are seeing how they roll out a TH is going to be incredibly uh intriguing to watch.
1: Yeah, I I you know all these people for so many years oh the you know the the national league is so much better cuz pitchers hit and blah 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 Yes, you know, yeah, yes, I, uh,
0: I was a big I like the strategy of the National League. That was always the first thing that got thrown in of like double switches and stuff like that. I um, I really started to turn my tune on the Universal DH. I forget how many years ago it was now that the Yankees were in town and Dylan Batantis had to bat and literally is like, I think, swung a baseball bat twice in his adult life and including in that lineup. And he could barely hold a batting stance. And like the amount of money that we're investing in pitching now it just doesn't make sense to make these guys that don't practice it have to bat in those types of situations. So it's like, I understood it more on a both business and logistical sense. So I really started to tune there. And and again, if they are trying to attract eyes to baseball, having every ninth hitter be some dude that doesn't really hit well. And obviously there, are, there are good hitting pitchers, but you know, we'll have to see.
1: Yeah. And it allows a team like the Phillies to get Kyle Schwarber and, You know, have these elite, talented players. Even Shohei Otani, you know, he rolled out half of baseball because he's like, I want to pitch and be a DH. So every National League team was not, you know, not an option for him. But now they will be. Yeah, Um, that's
0: actually a really good point of guys like that and guys that will come to baseball that are those types of players and don't have to give it up. You see so many players that are outfielders on their college teams and also a starting pitcher, a middle relief guy, and now can do that.
1: Yeah, you know what's funny is um, more you know on that point is that these these uh, you know expanding the playoffs you know, you get Atani and Trout really Mike Trout your uh, quote unquote best player ever never been in the playoffs before it's been once now he
0: he's never won a game they got swept
1: yeah um, <laughs> now because there's so many teams and you know every team under the suns is going to make it in each division, yeah, they have a chance. They won't, but they have a chance to make it, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's,
1: and- that's, a, that's a different pod for a different time. Let's get on with the AL East. Well, team. I
0: was going to point out one last thing that's not new this year. It'll be new next year, is that they're going to make a more balanced schedule in baseball. Greg, are you aware of this?
1: Yeah, this is cool.
0: Yeah, so what I mean by that is that every team in baseball, traditionally, interleague, you only play, or really since the Astros went to the AL, you play, you're assigned one division. And it was kind of that way before, but they also had the quote unquote natural rivals always play each other. So the Yankees and Mets always played two series. But you had, then you had one division you were set to play. Starting next year, you play every team at least once. And that includes American League teams if you're a National League fan like I am, which means that you, instead of waiting six years for Mike Trout to come to South Philly, you know, near his hometown. You now have to wait a maximum of two years, which is really cool. They're gonna—I don't know how it's gonna work within divi- or within the league. Obviously, you're gonna probably reduce interdivision games, but within the—you know—seeing what ends up happening there, especially the the interleague si- side of things, is exciting. And it's exciting to be able to like not have to wait that long. Like my sister, my cousins are out in Seattle. They're the Phillies are going to Seattle this year, but we can't go. But now we have like only two years to wait to go out there to see them instead of having to wait six years for a Phillies. Se- Seattle series so that's kind of cool
1: yeah and I think it's great for for a team like the Red Sox and especially in the AL East which is the best division it seems like for the last 20 years you know they've had the best teams and the most popular teams
0: too the Red Sox and the Yankees
1: yeah well it goes without saying but um (laughs) No, i just saying, like, they just beat up on each other, you know. Um, and so now, think about how much better their records are going to be. The Red Sox, Yankees – I mean, not the Yankees, but the Red Sox, Rays, and, and Blue Jays all win a ton of games, and that yeah. is only going to be better and higher, and they're going to run away from – like, the Astros, and and they just beat up on every team in the AL West. And they, that's the reason why they're always, like, a one seed in the playoffs because they don't play – anyone good really you know well so that's kind um, of the point that i think is really cool with the expanded playoffs out.
0: and that point is sorry for interrupting the end of your point but the fact that you're playing like in, in basketball and hockey you play every team in your conference so often like now i think the nba it's it's almost perfectly balanced the sixers are playing the cavaliers four times which i think they're not in the same division but they do their conference. They do their. I just gave it away. They do their playoff seeding by conference, which makes more sense. You have a to your point. You have a more realistic record of seeing your record against other teams. Whereas in baseball, previously we're only division winners and oh, so many wild card teams. Whether it was one or two, got in. It made sense because you're rewarding winning your division and you're still rewarding it there. One and two seeds get a bye. but having more of a balanced schedule with more wild card teams, you get those teams. You get a more better idea of it instead of a year where, like for so long in the 2000s where the Red Sox and Yankees were leaps and bounds better than the rest of the AL East where Toronto, Baltimore, and Tampa just weren't good. And they were always the AL East winner and the wild card. And now you have a better idea of it because you have this more balanced schedule and including playing a cross league because you can also get really lucky of playing a shitty cross league division. You know, that's however many games, you know, five times three, 15 games, maybe 18 games of, you know, subpar opponents, whereas one team might have to play the AL East. And now you do have to play them all at least once, which is cool.
1: Yeah, and I think it, across like league wide, they're all trying to balance their schedules. You know, I think the NBA has had it or the NFL has had it figured out for a while. Um, you know, you just play teams across the board of, of who you're, you know, you finish third, you play everyone who finished in third type of deal. Uh, you know i feel like the nfl has had to figure it out the nba is, is just recently started to figure it out um and and the nhl the nhl they don't play everyone in their division as much but division standings so, matter so much that it's like you almost wish they would play their division more just yeah. based on how the nhl like the nhl the way that i mean it's not an nhl podcast but the, the way that the nhl does their playoff seedings It's so vital, like the difference between one and two in your division means you're playing either the third best team in the conference or you're playing the eighth place team in the conference. You know what I mean? So, like the NHL, you almost want them to play their division more because their division standings are so big. But I totally agree. um, that's why the the MLB has been the same forever. Like winning your division is such like you have to win your division to be in the playoffs in major league baseball, it's, it's almost impossible to be a wild card team. It's especially with how good the AL East is. So yeah, expanded field, but at the same time, you know, if you're going to put such important on winning the division, then it makes sense to like play your division more. But now that the playoffs, the playoffs are expanded, more teams are in re reordering playoffs, you know, reshuffling seating. You know, I think it allows, uh, I think it allows a more fair, like the Red Sox have to play all the shitty teams that, the Astros play a year in uh, and totally. year a year
0: out. So. Totally agree. It's why, to your point on hockey, it's why I think hockey and basketball should go one to 16, reseed twice, there you go. So you're you're not complaining about having to play the whatever seed, you know, the Boston, Toronto, where they were two and three in the East for so many years, that whole thing. You're playing the 16 seed. If you want to say travel sucks, you, you know, the NFL does it with the Seahawks when they've been so good of teams having to go to Seattle and then go wherever the next week. So it's not not as big of a deal as you're trying to make it the NBA. They take three days off between games anyway. So I don't want yeah, to hear it NBA, one to 16. Yeah. There you NBA go. A joke.
1: Yeah. The only thing that concerns me is the travel for major league baseball, uh, especially for East coast team, West coast teams, you know, there's way more travel involved. And, you know, whenever before it was go out to the West coast and you're spending 20 days on the road because you're playing five teams, three game series yeah. and, and you're trying to get all the West Coast teams out in one swing. So yeah, you don't that's to a go good back point. out there. It's usually one or but, two
0: Western swings and now it might be two or three, right. maybe four Western swings because of how Just, wacky the uh, schedule is. Yeah. And you might get even, longer road trips and longer home stands, which might be good. You know, the, you know, the, the, to use another hockey reference, the Jonathan Taves theory of let's make hockey series is like baseball. So we're not traveling as much. So maybe you see more of that. So it'll be really interesting to see what the 2023 schedule looks like.
1: Yeah. Awesome. All right. Since we spent a half an hour and we all have to get back to <laughs> yeah, our we, lives here. Yeah, we're losing um, our lunch hour. Real, real quick, let's roll through uh, the best team in the division here.
0: <laughs> well, we're going in alphabetical order. So we start with the Baltimore Orioles. And yes, I think this will be very quick. Uh, we've seen, you know, not a ton of action from them so far. We've seen them add a few guys. They added Chris Owens, Robinson Chirinos. Uh, for their offense and how they're going to set up there. And, you know, I I don't expect too much from the Orioles, Greg. I'm sure you who sees them so many times a year can dive a little deeper, but I'm not expecting a ton out of this team.
1: So I'm going to say this, Jordy. Okay. Camden Yards went under, underwent a little renovation. Did it? Yes. They have moved it back and made it longer and harder to hit home runs there really yes
0: wow all all across the board or just in right field and center field left field I feel like there's not a lot of real estate unless they took seats out
1: yeah I'm gonna say where is short and right for sure now someone will fact check me but that team that hits homers all day every day this seems like a little uh Little harder, you know, hard, hard to take take it away from them. Um, however, I think uh, Baltimore Orioles new management get some young guys up here. You know, everyone's trying to model themselves off the Rays now. Uh, the Orioles are no different. They're so focused on player development in the draft that this is going to be another tough year for them. They're, I would say, they're still four or five years from a competitive roster. Yeah, but it's tough because, you know, when, when you have a team like this, you know, you saw with, like, when you have a team that's not competitive and they're trying to build young guys, you're not going to keep those young guys. Yep. You know, you look, you look at Colorado, their good guys left as soon as they got, you know, as soon as they became age appropriate, you know, you look at some of these Florida, like Miami, you know, the Marlins, they all the talent in the world and everyone like Beckett, Carlo, like everyone's gone you know, those teams that all won. And I guess Giancarlo wasn't a part of those teams, but you know, like all the talent in the world all spread out and left after, because, you know, no one wants to be a part of that type of rebuild. And that's my only, that's my only worry with the Orioles. Um, at one point they were great, but uh, Cedric Mullins is good center fielder. Um, but other than that, you know, there's not much to say outside of they're not going to hit as many home runs. So hopefully that'll help their pitching staff keep the ball inside the park and not have their ERA so high.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a very good point. Their pitching staff, not so great dead last in every major category last year. So yeah, normally good, <laughs> normally good, but yeah, well, we'll have to see what they end up doing. It's, I don't know. I think you're right. I think they're a, a little, little bit down the road to be competitive once again. And, and you, they do have that problem of, you know, they had, uh, your favorite, um, what uh? Shit, guy on the Padres. He was on the Dodgers. Chris Hill struck him out. Um Manny Machado, yeah, they had him. He left. They had to trade him. <laughs> um But you know, Trey Mancini, we didn't mention him. Obviously, incredible story. He still is a solid player, and and you know, maybe Rude he Negador, ends up being Rudnegador. Rudnegador is there. He who had a very solid season for the Yankees last year, and we'll have to see what he ends up doing. And you know, it'll be uh, it'll be fun. It'll be. Well, not maybe fun, but we'll have to see. But they always end up. I feel like we've seen the Orioles either like a couple years ago where they got completely season swept by I think the Yankees, and then I think last year obviously the Yankees didn't make the playoffs, but like they end up being almost like an equalizer and seeing those uh, type of uh, type of deals go or type of teams go down with that that sort of thing. So we'll have to see with them. But Greg, we'll keep the ball moving. Your Boston Red Sox, how you feeling coming into twenty twenty two?
1: So last year on this very podcast, I talked about how this team gave me vibes of the team that won the world series. I had no talent, X money, I mean, besides Mookie Betts, the best player in the world. Uh, and Chris Hill arguably at the time, one of the best pitchers in the world. Um, but you know, that's, I compared them to the world series two two world series ago. This is so many of the Red Sox have won recently. The one, uh, you know, what? Oh four. Spe- no, 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 no. no. 13 you know, after after a four after a seven 13 the one the one that came out of nowhere yeah no 18 yes
0: not one not no. two not three
1: whatever the one that the, no real superstars you know fun loving all all about um let's see what's the word chemistry right they they were a team that with Cora at the helm had great chemistry led them to win a lot of games Um, You know, did it by piecing together runs as well as having Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers, arguably two MVP candidates for this year, having a terrible pitching staff and winning games nine to seven by offensive runs. I don't know that that can be repeated two years in a row. The good news is they have a young stud, Garrett Whitlock, who was pitching stud, who last year was a long reliever, did a couple couple rotating, but we'll see if they're going to try and stretch him out and put him in a, a, into the starting rotation because he was or came up as a starter. Okay. Um, Tanner Houck, also a young guy, a young uh, young pitcher that had a lot of success early last year. He's a guy that throws heat because he's six five and he's super skinny, but uh, he has some control issues from time to time, but again, young. And then you get uh, you know our guy, Nick Pavetta, pounds the strike zone. Native Aldi pounds the strike zone. Chris Sale pounds the strike zone. Three guys who just get up, move quick, get the ball. No nonsense. Talk about fast, like fast pitchers, fast setups. Three, three, one, two, three, boom, boom, boom. You know, James Paxton. You know, we'll see. But you know, there's bullpen questions. But then they lose. You know, they lost uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. You know, their 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 big lefty um, pitcher that won a couple. Uh, was uh, won the most games last couple seasons for them. Sorry, speaking through that. Matt Barnes, best closer in baseball until the All Star game, when he got a huge contract extension, made the All Star team, and then didn't know how to save games after that. It was 100 for 100 before the All Star break, and then seemed like zero for 100 after the All Star break. Yeah. Um, Whitlock will start in the bullpen, but I think eventually they'll they'll try and stretch him out, but. Um, Rich Hill, Michael Walker, we didn't talk about. Yep. Um, you know, this Brazier will be back. He'll be healthy. Darvish her hand. Hernandez looked good last year. Um, Tanner Hauk again, probably starting the bullpen, but he's really a starter. They'll well, probably run. Hurt.
0: So do you think Hauk will be in the, ro- in the rotation to start the year at least?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's always the guy he's up and down. He's always the okay. guy that they, they did that with, especially yeah. the last two years. It seems yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Um, but, Chris Sale is just a rib, so we'll see how long that takes. But both Houck and Whitlock should be there, and I don't, I don't see a scenario in which they don't run six, especially with all the double headers. And I, I would assume they'd run six starters and stretch out, like do five innings here, four innings. You know, that's a big thing Cora did last year was four or five innings. I think you know they get Kike back, they lose Schwarber, but that was a that was a deadline pickup. Um, Xander or JD Martinez decided to come back. He had this flex his option for another year, which is a big reason why I don't think they went after Schwarber. Okay. As hard. Bogarts is in his final year. Um, and he's a Boris client, so he's and he's an MVP candidate. So he's gonna have a ton of a lot of asks. Uh it'd be hard to see what they do with him. The biggest thing is Bobby Dahl back at first base,
0: yep.
1: Which I'm sure you can talk about, but and then uh he's a type of guy that when he gets hot, he gets hot. And he, he's a big home run hitter, he's power bat. He has some stretches rated really well in his stresses where he was just miserable. Um, and he's a type of guy that he's young. He was a third baseman, but he's not ever going to play over Devers. It's funny because when Devers sits or when he Devers is the DH, um, they move Dabak over to third and he's incredible. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of funny like that, yeah. but there's rumors that they're gonna, you know, trade him and, and, and call up, uh, call up some, they have a young guy, um, I can't pronounce his name, but they have a young guy in the system who is a good first baseman, a natural first baseman, sort of a Mo Vaughn body type, if you will. Okay. Uh, so just a big beefy body does the same sort of thing and they sort of like him more, but, um, Bobby Dahlbeck. You know, struggles his first half, insane second half. I love him. Good looking guy as well. So that helps. Um, and the best news, Jordy, ever is they brought back Jackie Bradley Jr. I saw that. A guy that just eats baseballs. I mean, he just absolutely eats baseballs in every scenario. He's no one, every pitcher loves him, especially with the guys they have in Evaldi and Pavetta and Sale, who, throw strikes and get a lot of hit, get a lot of screaming outs. Uh, I guess Sale gets more strikeouts, but not recently because he's been hurt. But a lot of screaming outs, loud outs. Tanner Houck is kind of that way as well. So they need that. They need good defense, and they had one of the worst defenses last year I've been rambling on. But basically, (laughs) long story short, another year – I think this year, on paper, if you were to say between this year and last year, which team would do better, I would have said this year just because they're that much older – if that they've, their pitching is that much better, but realistically everyone's predicting them to fall off this year compared to last year. Um, so I'm hopeful. I think that there's that all three wild card spots come out of this division. I think it's going to be, I think, yeah, I think Toronto, Tampa, the Red Sox and the Yankees all get in. Um, so that's just me.
0: Oh, I like it. And yeah, no, I actually liked Dahlbeck a lot. He uh you're right, he's streaky, but it, over the course of the season, 25 homers. Got to be excited about that. Why so why would they want just to call this guy up? Just try to sell, sell high on him? Is that why they would they would do it and hope the prospect is a good replacement?
1: Yeah, so uh so Bobby D again, he's a um he's a third baseman naturally. Yep. Right? Uh, he's from Seattle. Went to Arizona. Blah, blah blah. He's a great, great player. He second half was unbelievable, incredible. Yep. But he's not a natural first baseman. And he showed that last year. They had issues. That's why they brought in Schwarber to help. And Schwarber wasn't a first baseman, but they made him a first baseman because they didn't like how streaky dawback was. Okay. So they said, okay, here's a prospect. He's never going to play third because we have Devers, and now it's like sell high on him in case he has a bad, a bad start again. Like I I don't I don't want to say it. I assumed they were trying to sell him at the deadline and no one took him because he had such a bad start, but like there are rumors that they try to sell him and he has such a bad start, and no one would take him. But interesting. Okay. The idea is the, the idea is um, you know, bring this kid up, natural first baseman. They also have, you know, some of the guys who can play there. Um I guess not necessarily natural, but um I don't know. There's also rumors of going after a Trevor story and move endeavors into like a DH role or even putting store or putting story at first or, or sorry, story at short and Xander at second, which i puts Chris Christian Arroyo as a first baseman. So again, free agency, we'll see what happens, especially because the Red Sox have missed out on Chapman and Bryant. not that I needed a third baseman. Um, but Regardless, I think I love Dabak just like you, but I think it was more of like you said, sell high now and uh, see and get the pieces now versus in case he comes out to a bad start again two years in a row. Sure, I mean, it would only be it was only be his third year, and he's young. It will only be his third year in the league, and he you know came right from didn't really have any minor time. Went right yeah. from college, yeah. had a had a monster spring training, and then got called up right away or played right away. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm a. So, I'm a- yeah. I'm really excited to see this starting rotation and see what they're doing just from exactly what you were talking about. Young guys getting opportunities, seeing what's going to happen there and and go through. So I think that's probably the biggest X factor, I would say, at least from an outsider perspective of seeing guys, uh, seeing what we can get out of them. Do any of them take a step back? Obviously, you know, depending on how what this rib injury is with Chris Sale, we have that. See what how can do this Whitlock guy just looking him up on band graphs and stuff like that he had a decent minors career and see what it can see what can happen through there through uh anything in anything in the pros and i think that ends up becoming somewhat of your your x factor again and seeing what ends up you know going down there but it's exciting you know having young guys that are talented (laughs) it's uh,
1: yeah yeah and a lot of these guys are you know have been outperforming like from the word go uh, Rafael Devers has been 15 years old and he's been the best player on the Red Sox outside yeah. of Xander Beauregard. So, you know, Verdugo. Verdugo two years awesome.
0: Ago, I love yeah,
1: Verdugo. Great personality. His, his defensive uh, deficiencies started to show a little bit last year, which is why they moved him to left and got hit the monster behind him to protect him. But regardless, he'll be fine. JBJ's uh, JBJ's there he'll be fine in the outfield. Yep. JBJ, Kike, and, and, and uh, Verdugo is a great speed outfield, uh, almost rivaling Mookie and, and um, Benintendi, but yeah, the young guys outperform or overperformed last year. And I think that if, if they can get that production again, that'd be great. And I think it'll do wonders for them um, two years in a row or three years in a row. So um, it'll be good. I'm excited and you know, there's, there's a, there's a, they have this kid shorts up Jeter downs. Um, he's super young. He's, he's another prospect they have that they don't want to get up this year, but there's, there's talk that if they get a story type, uh, you know, move him over to second and, and, and get rid of Bogarts and sell him high altogether for a starting pitcher or something, but okay, no one wants to see Bogarts go. Cause Bogarts is, uh, the fan favorite. has been yep. the MVP of this team forever. And I've uh, been rambling about the Red Sox for too long. But I have them making the playoffs, Jordy. I have three teams in this division, four teams in the division making playoffs. All three wild card spots coming from this division alone. I have the Red Sox ahead of the Yankees in third place in the division, uh, also making the playoffs. However, I think the Yankees make the playoffs too, but in fourth.
0: I like it. But let's move on to the New York Yankees. Greg, you were talking about last year's podcast. I'm going to give you the floor to talk about the Yankees and their 2021 season, as well as a little bit into 2022, but have at it, my friend, you've deserved it.
1: No, 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 Jordy. I would never, I would never take a victory lap, and I would never say that this team is all hype and paper. And I would never talk about, you know, Oh, we're injury. We're injury. We're injury. I never talk about how Aaron judge is overrated and blah, 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 blah. I would never do that. And they overpaid for this and Aaron Boone that and, You know, I would never do that, Jordy. I would never stomp on someone's grave, kick them while they're down. Um, I think this year's team is much different than last year's team. I think Rizzo, Gallo, Josh Donaldson. I mean, I think this team is with Luke Voigt, healthy Luke Voigt. This team is a lot better than what they looked last year. Severino is a full season Um, being healthy, Garrett Cole now is used to the Yankee expectation and pressure and having to be clean shaven and not be a scrub. And they don't, they fall off after their first two starting pitchers, which is a little, uh, concerning, but they still have that elite bullpen, um, which helps. And then that offense, another team that'll probably win games 10 to nine and all of, I think what helps judge this year and John Carlo is Joey Gallo, Rizzo and Josh Donaldson, Uh, because that not, not a lot of pressure on those guys. There's the thing about the Yankees Jordy. Show me a guy that's under six, eight on this, in this fucking lineup. (laughs) They're all big and clunky. And I don't know. Sorry. We didn't even mention Jaron Duran for the Red Sox, a young outfielder. They brought up last year, incredible rookie. Yeah. Um, he'll still be, he only played 33 games. He'll be a rookie again this year, but sorry, I just had to bring him up because watching spring training and saw him, but yeah. You've talked to me about the Yankees because, uh, you're more neutral and, and can talk without, uh, rubbing it in. But to me, this team is so much different than last year's team. Last year's team, they were all young and Yankee talent. And, you know, they had whatever, all these guys that DJ LeMahieu out of nowhere and blah, 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 blah. And now, they're, <laughs> and now they're back to, we're going to buy every free agent under the sun and, Even though they said we're not going to get in a spending war with the Mets, even though they have all these crazy contracts, but you tell me why uh, why the Yankees are going to not be in fourth place, even though I said they will.
0: I I love that you say DJ Lemay. You out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) He was awesome with the Rockies, but um, yeah, you mentioned the Josh Donaldson trade. You know, obviously he and Garrett Cole now on the same team, which I thought that was going to be low hanging fruit for you. So. Missed opportunity there from you as a Yankee hater to talk about that, or, that potential or, locker up.
1: or showing my um, maturity because, <laughs> again, you know, last year the Yankees were, oh, COVID, all Yankee fans, COVID and injury. Every team was dealing with COVID. Every team dealt with injury. But somehow the Yankees are the only Yankee fans seem to be the only ones who, who had a problem with this it. because their team underperformed. Oh, my God. Bobby Dahlbeck just fucking hit a moon out of Fenway jr. Like by 40 yards, first at bat in spring training, the second batter just moonshot out of little Fenway. I take back everything I said about Bobby Dahlbeck. He's going to be fine. And he's going to be <laughs> the first baseman for this team for years to come.
0: Oh, I love it. But uh, I think, think part, I think the other part, I think the other part, of that trade that's important to note Is Isaiah Kinner Balefa. Am I pronouncing that right? Holy oh. shit dude You're just in awe of the home run
1: I know you're talking about the Yankees But this dude just fucking parked one uh, Like four <laughs> parking lots Away from the field Anyway
0: yeah. So he This guy he's the other part of the trade He's a shortstop should probably be the starter I would think um, he ends up getting thrown over in this trade he's previously with Texas the Rangers batted 270 last year I think ends up being a nice you know a nice piece for that offense to really help with the LeMahieu and you know get get the offense starting I think you're right that they're a very power dependent team they in terms of just raw statistics the team was 23rd in batting Nineteenth in runs scored, but sixth in home runs. So obviously, very very power dependent on that on that aspect. I think you're right, though. The pitching, once again, we talked about that when we did the Yankee specific preview, ends up becoming a very very interesting point because you know they they're the guys outside of their their number one and number two end up being somewhat up and down and seeing where they can possibly go. They lose Tayon; He is no longer with the team. I don't know where he ended up going. I can look that up in a second. But, like, seeing guys like Herman, who obviously has other stuff going on with him and, you know, from a couple of years ago, but he didn't have the season that he had prior to getting into trouble. You see a lot of other guys. Nestor Cortez, a guy who, you know, pitched relatively well. They lose Corey Kluber. You know, there there's... Uh, You know, a lot of question marks that come into there, but you're right. Their bullpen is incredibly good and seeing what they're able to do. If they have a close game, they're able to throw it over to them and and hold it down and see what's, you know, what ends up happening there. But I think it is a matter of just getting the offense going. And I think adding Rizzo or keeping Rizzo because they traded for him last year. Adding Donaldson, I'm going to fuck up his name. Adding Isaiah, we're just going to call him that. I think is is maybe an underrated part of that trade and could end up being a, a good aspect to it. You know, I, I think Josh Donaldson obviously brings in more of the noise, especially with all the relations with Cole. But you still got guys like Hicks, it's been around seemingly forever. You know, seeing uh, seeing what this team can do, you still have guys behind him that are you know have been big names at different times like Luke Voigt, Miguel Andujar, Castro. You know, so they got names. They're able to to maybe pull that plug and play if they do have injuries to go against what you were saying there. Cause they certainly have had that throughout the the last couple of years. So I think they're going to be a really good team. I well, don't just know like, where I would put them in terms of the division. We'll get there funny as we we're talking.
1: Yeah, we will. But it's just funny. Cause like, you know, they, their minor league their minor league system has been top uh, behind the Rays. The, the Yankees have, have the second or third minor league system. Like for the last five years, it seemed like ever since they did that trade with the Marlins, was it? What the, or whoever, are you talking about the John Carlo trade? I don't know. Whoever it was that the Yankees got all these, all these deals, uh, first round picks and prospects and blah, blah, blah. They, the Yankees have had their minor league system is good. They've had the second best minor league system again, behind the Rays for a couple of years now. And and it's almost time where you almost want to say like injuries, notwithstanding, like, okay, you get injuries, but then call up some of the young guys and, and have them eat and have them like do well, like, the Red Sox and the Rays and, you know, Blue Jays have done for three or four years. Like all these teams have been competitive while promoting and, and getting their young guys and their talented guys like time or minutes for lack of a better word to use the yeah. term that, that Emily will understand. Um, sorry. Third and girl will understand. So, <laughs> you know, I just, the Yankees to me, they rely solely on, Oh, we have Rizzo hits Dingers, Judge hits Dingers, Zen, Gallo, Donaldson, five guys in the middle of the lineup that just absolutely crush the ball. And that's it, right? They're a home run or bust type of team. And if you're not hitting home runs, you're not winning games. And let's say you're hitting home runs, you're hitting, you're hitting single shots. You're hitting one run, home run, sure. and and that's not gonna do it. Um, what do you think about them moving on from uh their catcher
0: there oh with gary i do want to correct myself yeah. quick tyone is still on the team i don't know why yahoo didn't have him on there i did some research to find out where he went and he's still on the yankees so my bad there um
1: yeah, yeah i was gonna
0: say something, but yeah no no no, no. i'm uh i'm glad i he's checked that out to be
1: like their th- he's gonna be their third starter i thought after yeah. cole and severino uh
0: looks like he's projected to be fourth behind jordan montgomery um but regardless, seeing what this team can do, and I we forgot to mention Glaber Torres, who probably ends up. we'll we'll see how they construct their lineup. But yeah, I think move- he bounces
1: back. I think he bounces back. Yeah, he
0: way. he probably does. Um, man, Yahoo really. Uh, I pulled up another yeah. website to look up the Yankees projected lineup, and uh, they really screwed the pooch on on that. They're almost getting into ESPN levels, Greg. Yeah, I
1: don't know. Yeah. But yeah, moving on from Gary,
0: (laughs) that was a big point on last year's Yankee preview of talking about what he could do and and everything there. And there was a lot of, he obviously has brought a a ton of controversy around him of the not hustling. He's had seasons where he's been, (laughs) you liked it?
1: (laughs) I liked him. I loved him. It was great.
0: Well, he like, he'd at times be this incredible offensive catcher, but at other times was, you know, a little lazy. And, and I don't know if it was just time to move on from there and, and see what was going on. And. Maybe a change of scenery changes it because he's on a new team and has to impress. But I don't know this. This um the two guys they still have. God, Higa Shioka, and they they have this Ben Wartvet vet guy who we'll have to see what ends up happening there and and how they do. He they got him as a part of this deal as well from the from the Twins. He played okay, not the greatest hitter in the world to be the ninth hitter in their lineup but
1: let's just say he doesn't need to be because they have freaking every beefy person under the sun in major league baseball and, and <laughs> ahead of him. yeah all, all they need all they need from their catcher is a is a, a solid combined, a combined 250 and, and an OPS of 400 and they'll be fine yeah and the nine hole
0: yeah so we'll see I mean I mean I will be very interested in asking my Yankee friends of their honest opinion if it was just time to go where they're bummed, but definitely a guy that brought a lot of controversy around him.
1: Oh, Yankee fans hated him. Yeah. Yankee fans couldn't get rid of him. I, I mean, I don't get it. He was such a good talent. He was such a good hitter. I feel like all of it was confidence too. Like, sure, his defense wasn't like the best, but he made one mistake and everyone jumped all over him. And it, like, it was more of like, he had no he couldn't get comfortable to a point where it almost probably hurt him. Like he, if he was in a different market where, Oh, he's a young talent. They'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'd probably still be raking, hitting, doing unbelievable. But the second his bat went cold, it was this guy sucks. He can't play defense. He can't, he's a catcher who can't catch. And, and then you turn around and it's like, okay, catcher can't catch, can't hit. What are we doing here? And it's like, no, if he had some confidence, if he had, If he had people backing him, if he had the Yankees even injecting some like, "Hey, you're our guy," but instead they sat him in the playoffs, you know, if he got that from the team, I feel like it. Baseball, especially confidence, is is key. Oh yeah, uh, I feel like him missing that hurt in the long run for him, but also the team. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's move on. Unless you have something else on this team. No, I got nothing else. We'll do a deeper dive on Yankees probably.
0: Probably either before the season or afterwards. Greg, we can do a deep, deeper dive on the Red Sox at some point. Yeah, seriously, fuck that. Yeah. Well, you and I talk enough that we talk about the Red Sox. and But if we want to do how a deep dive, you. we can schedule one. We can schedule one. I want to do a Phillies deep dive, so there you go. But how dare, you. how dare I talk about my favorite team? Yeah, um, let's move on.
1: Let's move on to the, to the team that had the real MVP of last year. Okay. The real MVP of last year.
0: You you know that Tampa goes before Toronto, right? Or are you I talking do. about a member of? Are you? I do. I, are you talking I about do, Randy I, Rosarena or Wander Franco?
1: I'm, I'm not talking about those two. I want to switch to. I know. I know you want. I know you would like to go alphabetical, but I wanted to switch to Toronto next because. Yeah, Greg, who was right about MVP?
0: Who was Me, right? Vla-
1: Vlad Guerrero Jr. should have won in every sense of the word. We. This is such uh, a, a bad I, take. You and I talked about this. You and I talked about this, Jordy. I said it too. I said, realistically, they'll give it to Otani, but numbers-wise, it should go to Vlad.
0: You definitely didn't say realistically they're going to give it to Otani. You're like just Vlad, like Jr., just Junior, 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 Junior. You know why?
1: You, you know why I said that, Jordy? Is because it's the same want to get thing with Trout up? every year. No, it's the same thing with Trout every year. They give it to Trout even though he doesn't deserve it. It's okay. the same bullshit. Okay. Oh, Trout gets it because he plays against the shittiest fucking competition, and. Like, please. You just
0: mentioned that the Astros are the best team because they play shitty teams.
1: Yeah, it's the same, it's the same conference. It's literally the same <laughs> the conference. Same conference. Division. It's the same division. Literally the Oakland same. had one of the best starters in baseball last year. One, of the, one out of five. Got it. Still. Okay, next. <laughs> please. I, Greg, as a side put, note, put, I was trying try to think aid. of how put,
0: you put, and I could get heated put, up. Put, I forgot about this argument.
1: Oh my put, God. Put, I'm standing put, right the- now. Put Trout, you're standing. I I'm standing right it. now. Put put Trout in the AL East and he's nowhere near the player he is. That is he a is.
0: terrible take. <laughs> that is an awful take.
1: He's Black not going to go, junior, he's not going to
0: tee off at Camden Yards.
1: Bla, uh, Camden Yards got changed. It's no longer a home run, home run ballpark. <laughs> Black what Rowe, I, junior, you always
0: give Yankee Stadium that kind of shit. He plays for the Red Sox. He's hitting bombs left and right in 19 games against the Yankees. You're not going to be like, this is the best player in baseball.
1: Yankee stadium has the shortest right field I've ever seen in my life. At least Fenway, the monsters like 90 feet tall. Anyway, um, we can, well, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to throw in there that Vlad was the MVP. We can go to Tampa next. All right. um, we'll get back
0: to Toronto. I just, good to I,
1: just, I just wanted to throw in there. I just want to throw in there. back down. Oh, 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 you know, you know, you know why I brought up Toronto and why Toronto was on the mind because we talked about this pregame and we're not going to get into political debate here, but the Yankees have a lot of players. Uh, there are rumors out there. The Yankees have a lot of big name players, including some of the beefy guys in the middle of their lineup who cannot play home games or any game in New York, by that matter, uh, as well, cannot go to Toronto. Now the Red Sox have players you can't go to Toronto too, but the Red Sox players can play at home and they can play in Yankee stadium. Which so, is nuts. It's so yeah. Nuts. So the Yankees either New York needs to change their law or whatever's in place because of the vaccine mandate or these players are going to have to go against their personal belief, whatever it may be, or whatever reason they have for not getting the vaccine, or they're just going to have to figure out how to play and put all these players, call up all these players up and down, up and down, up and down, or play without, I don't know how many players it is, but play without X amount of players every time they're at home, 82 out of you know, half the season. So uh, interesting thing to keep an eye on, which is another reason why I think the Yankees uh, don't don't do as well. But uh, that's just me. That's and a really good point. That's why I have them in fourth. Okay, let's
0: move on to Toronto or no, to Tampa. Excuse me, Tampa Bay coming in.
1: Normally good. What was that? Normally good. Normally
0: good, and still should be very good. Last year ending up winning their division, losing to the Red Sox in the NLDS. Bully for you, Greg. Um, and, you know, we, uh, I think we we should be expecting a lot of the same things from Tampa. I'm not going to have some sort of hot take in terms of what they have done in or in terms of like saying what they've done is, is terrible or anything like that. They always find a way, even when they have no names, to be a really talented team and, a, they have a lot of names. They have guys that have been very good and have been good for the last couple of years. They're a team that has excellent pitching. They're a team that always finds a way to find guys to play incredibly well. Obviously, Randy Rosarena, the darling of the playoffs in the bubble, ending up. Did he win, I think he won Rookie of the Year, but um, I can double check that in a second. But, he did, um, yes.
1: AL Rookie of the Year.
0: Yeah. Ends up being
1: this he awesome... got called up. He got called up in September and won Rookie of the Year. No, he played a full season. He
0: played 141 games.
1: No, no, uh, uh, sorry, Franco.
0: Yeah, Franco. Well, Franco got caught up. I think in like June or July. But he is, he is a fucking he's, talent.
1: He's his first game was against the Red Sox, and did he I hit two home game, runs? I lost, I lost the game live. No, he had a double and a home run in his first two bats. Yeah. And then I mean, he stole, he he walked or something his his third or fourth of bat, and like had two stolen bases. It was nuts.
0: Yeah, that is insane.
1: I mean. This team comes in with- and he and he is wearing braces. What's <laughs> <Was> he really? <laughs> yeah, it was fucking incredible. That's insane. <laughs> I love it. But this is anyway. a team
0: where like they've had a number of guys for a number of years, including G-Man Choi. Shout out my guy. Mm-hmm. Mike Zanino's yeah. still there who, you know, is Interrated. Yeah, I think so. And it has, uh, you know, really manned down that that position. And the top of their lineup is just so exciting and is so good that I, I think really it's it's going to be business as usual for them. Their rotation is good, and it got better. They added Corey Kluber from the Yankees. They still, you know, have guys that are going to come out and you know pitch the lights out, and and that's what they do. And even when they end up trading guys that you know might be you new know, huge names, and you know they find a way to to get it done from there. So.
1: I don't they, know. they signed they signed Wander Franco to a larger contract this offseason than they gave Evan Longoria. Wow,
0: I mean that makes yeah. It, I mean, it, when when did Evan they, Longoria get that contract? I mean, it's what thirteen years later, or however long, ten years later. They gave
1: him, they gave him one hundred million dollars for six years. They gave Wander Franco after only seventy games in the majors. Guy with braces, one hundred eighty-two million over eleven years, up to two hundred twenty-three million if he signs for a twelfth year. Wow. That is just an, and, the, uh, you know, an absurd amount of money. This is a team while you look it up, Jordy, but this is a team that, and I don't know if you're done or not, but this is a team that is built for the regular season. One of those teams that without, without a, a single, like Mookie Betts, the best player in the baseball to win a single series in the playoffs. unlike some other guy in out West, um, who, who's never, won a series or a single who's never won a single game in the playoffs. Um, this is a team baseball that baseball
0: a team sport, Greg. This is a
1: team that is built to win in the regular season. They they can win in every. They're they're like in hockey. They can win physical. They can win a speed scoring game. They can win any type of pow, pow, uh, man up man down power play p- penalty kill. This is the type of team in uh, in in baseball. They can win in every scenario. They can get in a one nothing game. They'll win that. They can get in a ten to ten game. They'll win that. You know you want to play a certain way, they will play that way and they will win. This is a team that knows how to, how to any situation, their manager seems to put his team in the right. He plays the numbers. He puts his team in the right spots and the players still have to execute granted, but if they're practicing the spot, they get put in the spot, then it works out well. uh, And things and things work for them. And they're built, like I said, for a regular season, winning a lot of games, they've done it and proved it the last X amount of years. And then when it comes to playoffs, the only time they made the World Series was was really when, you know, in, in terms of this this new crop or wave, was uh, the the pandemic, a little bubble they had going on. But um, is is Rosarina and Franco or are are they enough? And Lau, even Meadows is good. Are they enough to? And your guide Choi, is there enough firepower for them to actually win? multiple series in the playoffs, not just get out of the first round to win multiple series, to get to the world series. Is there enough firepower, star power, not only offensively, but pitching wise to, to, to get them to that place. Yes or no.
0: I think so. For exactly what you just said, there's a number of ways for them to win. I mean, the playoffs comes so much down to strategy and everything there. It really depends yes on who they no. end up drawing in the playoffs. Yes and
1: no. I mean, look at, look at all the teams that have won the last couple of years. You know, it's all been incredible pitching, but then, like F- Freddie Freeman and and all these superstars just mashing.
0: Yeah, and Randy Rosarena and Wander Franco can be superstars.
1: Yeah, well, they yeah they are already. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah. I think they have that. They have excellent pitching. It really, I mean, I think, and what we're really the point of the of this podcast, the through line has been it really depends on what they end up doing in the division this year, which ends up with Toronto, who we'll talk about in a second, now being as good as ever and better than ever. They're
1: favorite. They're the favorite. They're the favorite,
0: yeah. I it, it really just depends on what happens. Like if the Red Sox do perform as well as they did last year and they continue to do that, does that cut into Tampa's winning share? And the the answer would be yes, because it has to be. That's a winning and losing works, but seeing how this team does, I think it depends on where they get, get to and who they end up playing in the playoffs. I mean, this is a team that if they're playing in the one game wild card thing ends up having, you know, they, they might have the strategy to do it, but they also could be a team that gets ousted. Like so many teams that build up for the playoffs and then have that shortcoming, but it's also a team that you play a five game series. Granted, it didn't work out against the Red Sox. And a lot of that has to do with Xander Bogarts and how good of a series he had there. It becomes it comes down to just them having to to buckle up and get it together. You know, there's so much randomness that ends up happening, but I think they can. I think they do have that ability to to get there.
1: So, great point there. But I guess the win loss all that stuff that that well played in in two years. You know, when the when the schedule's more balanced, we'll definitely have all five teams or four out of five teams in the playoffs from this division, but. You know, is there a scenario, you know, let, let's say they split with every AL East team. They'll still win enough everywhere else that they'll still, uh, they'll still. Oh, win, yeah, right. Totally. I mean, well,
0: like not you have to go not have to imagine, into other divisions, but there are teams that are still actively tanking, which baseball's trying to, to get out of there, but there's going to be plenty of wins in other divisions for them to take.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 All right. Fair. Um, Jordy, do you see a scenario in which this team uh, doesn't win top or isn't in the top two?
0: It's either the Yankees or the Red Sox really play well. Like the pitching works out for either of those teams so well that they're getting into games where they have to play Rays style baseball of winning the low scoring games and holding it off that way, which is such a concern because of the abilities that obviously their top two have. But you mentioned Brandon Lau. Yandy Diaz, Diaz, Austin Meadows, who always sneakily Manuel Manuel Margot, who can be can be solid. Like their lineup, really. I guess it comes down to the bottom three, but it really, if they if they're performing in a in a low scoring game, you you'd have to think that the Red Sox or Yankees are edging them out in those games, which is tough to do. Tampa builds their team so that they're able to perform in type in type performing games. Now we talked about the the Yankees bullpen and how good it can be. The Red Sox bullpen will need to do that. And you would need to have those teams really overperforming or have them mashing the ball so much that the, that the rays have to try to play catch up like the Red Sox did in the ALDS last year and just catch them in a cold time. But that's why you play 162 games that even if they're in cold spells, they're superstars enough that they should be shaking themselves out of it.
1: See, I think I, 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 that's a great, that's a great point. I think it's, I think it's less to do with the Yankees Red Sox. I think it, because there's a real possibility with how much firepower the Yankees have that they're just gonna if if their players are allowed to play at home, there's a real possibility that that team will hit 300 home runs combined, and and just I don't know if that's good or not. But <laughs>
0: I'm looking it up to see how many they hit last year.
1: <laughs> but like, there's a real there's a real possibility that the Yankees very much. I think I think if if I think if anything, Toronto outlasts like. The Blue Jays, yes, they're on paper. They should be the best, but they, they're a type of team that for, they've, they've on paper, they were supposed to be great last year too and underperformed. And it's almost felt like the last couple of years, like they had such a good year as rookies, they're young, talented guys, which we'll get into, that they've sort of underperformed, taken a step back the last couple of years. That it's almost like, granted they, they've been displaced without a home and you know we can say all that. And maybe that has a large factor as to why they haven't felt comfortable and haven't been able to do do as well, that being the Blue Jays. But I just feel like even if the Red Sox and Yankees have standout seasons, I just don't like, I don't think the Toronto, I don't think the Tampa is the team that gets, I think it's Toronto is the team that Toronto gets doesn't live up to the hype. Yeah. To me, I just feel like this team, no matter what, even if the Red Sox Yankees outperform, I still think this team on paper is better than the Red Sox.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like,
1: no, but I mean like underperforming still better than the Red Sox overperforming. performing. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, that does make sense. So, so in terms of so home I runs, th- uh, yeah
1: sorry sorry so I just, so I just so I just think that that worst case scenario they' they're still second in the division you know like sure. I think that that the the Toronto Rays no matter what are one or Tampa Bay Rays are one or two in this division even if the Red Sox and Yankees play out of their shoes, I think Toronto's the team that that drops off sorry go ahead
0: no, I was just gonna say on your point of the home runs last year Toronto led Major League Baseball on home runs with 262. Uh, yeah. No other team so, reached 250, so 300 is good.
1: So it's realistically that the Yankees, with with the firepower they have, could, could get there.
0: They hit 222 um,
1: last year, which you know
0: pretty solid. But they right. tied and Tampa. You, Tampa also hit 222,
1: right? And now, yeah, which is incredible. because they have they have zero quote unquote superstars, but now they do. But um, so they have all these these talent, and then and then you know, like I said, the Yankees they add all these home run hitters and Boyd back to a full season, Rizzo and blah blah blah. But Anyway, um, I just I I, you can disagree, but I I not to repeat or broken record, but I think Tampa, barring something drastic, even with injuries, barring something drastic, I think they still are that team that is that is one two in this division, regardless of the best Red Sox, the best Yankees, and the best Blue Jays. It would have to take all three of those teams playing the absolute best baseball. And even then, I, I still think Tampa has an edge just because they've done it year over year.
0: Sure. Yeah, and and kind of just to put I uh, I don't know, a nail in the coffin or just talk about it a little more of just projected 2022. It has Tampa at 87 and 75, which is, you know, it's actually below the Yankees, which is surprising. But we'll, we'll really have to see what this team does. I agree with you. I don't think Tampa's drop off their 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 floor isn't that low that they would have to have some sort of serious problem with that
1: yeah all right Jordy let's move on to the the MVP of the American League and his team, his okay. team on.
0: okay let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Toronto obviously the big news they added Matt Chapman skyrockets <laughs> them <laughs> to the next level. Oh, you're
1: trying
0: great. to be serious here. I'm trying to be serious. But Toronto comes in obviously adding a bat like Matt Chapman and an incredible incredible third baseman like him to that lineup gives them all the hype in the world. Now Greg, we were just talking about it of the possibility of to- of Toronto falling off. How realistic do you think that is?
1: I mean, with Chapman, Springer, you even talk about the added Springer.
0: I'm pretty sure he was on the team last year.
1: But that's a huge get, like that. They like that. He wasn't like a re, like. That's a not a big regular get. You know what I mean? That's yeah, big, sure. Bichette Guerrero. Vigio Biggio. that Gritschuk kid is good. Hey, Oscar
0: Hernandez always solid.
1: Yeah, where would he come from?
0: um I believe he's been he's been with them since the beginning yeah i believe he's homegrown yeah uh he, uh he was with houston for a year but he's been with toronto for this is his sixth season
1: i just I, this team has been the young up-and-coming team for so long it's almost like is this the year is this the year is this the year you know what i mean yeah um and is this the year? <laughs> you know, that, that's the same question. That's why we're here to predict. Um, Bichette is great. Springer, I feel like didn't have a great year, but he could have, you know, I feel like he, he will be better. Yeah. Um, Guerrero, obviously MVP Chapman helps them a lot. I mean, who, who, uh, compare Chapman to someone to another third baseman, like does he bring I guess does he bring the leadership that this team needs? Like this team has been all young guys, no real true like captain or leader, you know, that that North Star. Is is Chapman that that quiet North Star leader? Maybe.
0: I mean, like it adds to a number of guys. Like Springer, obviously a member of the Astros, which we can, you know, discount whatever you however much you want to discount of that Astros team, but they still won. And, you know, they have guys that have been, you know, coming through the system and have been in the league for a while now. Guerrero obviously has a number of years under his belt or, you know, a few a few years at least. But it's still, you know, to the point that I think now these guys are coming into their own and and certainly in the dawn of their primes and seeing where they can go. And I don't know, it it might be the right mix. And this might be a guy that brings experience and and, you know, limited experience with his with, with. in terms of the playoffs at this time in Oakland, but still experience of just being around for so long and being as solid of a player as he's been. You know, it it's certainly a an offensive lineup that should be, you know, still one of the best in baseball and seeing what happens there. It also just opens it up for some of these guys. You know, Chapman predicted to be fifth in their lineup. You know, just almost a second, you know, obviously behind the cleanup hitter, but almost like a second, you know, start to a heart of an order that features... Guriel. It features Biggio It really sets up the team well to like if Springer, Bachet, Guerrero go one, two, three in the first inning. The second inning, you still got to watch out too. And it could really, you know, there's always the stats about the third inning and all that, and the the theory behind the opener and and everything there. So like it really like it adds an extra dimension to that lineup that certainly was there was an aspect of it there before, but really adds a a very very solid layer and foundation to that team. And again defensively it helps out tremendously you cannot discount how good of a third baseman he is in the field
1: yeah yeah and and I guess my question was more of like his physical attributes are great but you know that like they've been young prospects they've been this that but it's almost like you know you need a like rebuilds never work without an established leader Yeah, and without, the the move, without the big move without the big move or no, but without to show the young guys the way, almost you know, like sure, like show them the rope, show them how how a professional's supposed to act, right? Show them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whatever. So, yeah, is Chapman that guy? Um, remains to be seen. Jordy, uh, something that I wanted to uh, touch base on, which is why I think Toronto could be elite and deadly. Granted. Take this for what it will, what you will. And the end of the season, the Blue Jays were playing out of this world, trying to make the playoffs and had an incredible run. But when they played in Toronto, they were 25 and 11. Okay. In Toronto Last year away from Toronto. When, when they had their home games, when they had their home games, uh at their training camp and then in Buffalo, yeah. They were 22 and 22. Wow. So twenty five and eleven, yeah, and then twenty two and twenty two when they were at at you know in Florida and and Buffalo. Wow. Yeah,
0: that is. I did not realize that. That is a very eye opening stat that is a big deal. And I know I was going to bring it up, but you just kind of did of how you always talk about that. It's a tough place for the Yankees, Red Sox, any team to go up to play at.
1: The Red Sox never win in Toronto.
0: Yeah, that is uh, really intriguing to see because obviously you know home field advantage and all that is so important. Having that, having that stat, I mean, that's just mind blowing. The only thing that concerns 20. me is you know a little bit of turnover in their pitching staff to see what what really will end up happening there. They added Gosman, which will be intriguing. He had a really good year with San Francisco last year. Had kind of a weird career in in Baltimore before that. So seeing that, seeing the back half of the rotation, I'm going to be really interested to see. I think Barrios was a great ad, picked him up at the trade deadline. Jin Ryu has been excellent for them. They also have Ross Stripling in their bullpen, who can also be a starter. He did that a lot, both with Toronto, but he did a lot with the Dodgers for years. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this rotation works and how good they can end up being.
1: Yeah, and I think... 36 games. Yeah, I, I agree. Their, their pitching definitely is not as good, but it's still up there. Um, oh, it's up it's there. good yeah. enough for it's good enough for this division, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, Tampa was outstanding, but it it competes with the Yankees and Red Sox and is better than those two. Yeah. Um, outside of the Yankees, one good, good pitcher. Um, and that's Severino. Um, 36 games at home in <laughs> Toronto. I don't think I can say it's enough.
0: I mean, that's insane. And, almost a 700 <laughs> winning winning percentage. That's insane.
1: <laughs> and they 700? had a sellout. What?
0: I'm just trying to do the math in my head. You finish your point.
1: No, and and they had a sellout 29 of those 36 games.
0: Oh, yeah. The Toronto fans that love the Blue Jays, like it's awesome to go there. We went on we went a few years ago. Actually, wow, 6 years ago now, but it's cool. It's really fun like seeing Go Canada and seeing how like big they go with it and obviously like the Canada Day weekends huge there but it's, I mean, they go nuts for the blue Jays and the fact that they're going to be this good again, like it's, it's going to be fun.
1: Yeah. And then you throw into like the Red Sox go to, which was a storyline here today. Um, The Red Sox go to Toronto within the first two weeks of the season, and they have some of their top players who cannot play or cannot even enter Canada without quarantining, et cetera, due to vaccine and all that. So And then we talked about the Yankees problems with a lot of their superstars. So the Red Sox haven't disclosed which guys or, you know, how many, but they said there are players on the team who may not be able to play in the first two weeks of the season. And they're the GM for the Red Sox basically said you either need to get vaccinated or, you know, we may have to make moves yeah. Otherwise, you know. yeah. So
0: they so Toronto opens the season against the Rangers. They go to the Bronx. Then they host the uh, the A's. Then to Boston to Houston, and then the Red Sox go there. So the, the third full week of the season, the Red Sox play a four game series in Toronto.
1: Right, and and so like it's coming up fast for a lot of teams, especially yeah. in especially the American in League. Their, it really is. Yeah, and especially in their own division. Uh, you know, Two so Texas-based
0: teams go in the first three and a half weeks of the season which I know, right. like, you don't want to make the assumption of Texas and and their players, but, you know, they probably weren't as strict, and now they have to be.
1: I was going to say, if the state didn't mandate it, you know, certain yeah. states mandated certain states didn't. So it's almost like an, an even more of a home field advantage than what they had. Yeah. You know, because last year they were at home, and there were no Red Sox players had to miss games in Toronto because of the vaccine, but this year they will, right? So it's, that true? They, they, did they not, yeah, they, they didn't they, have it in they, then. They, no, they they all played. Granted, a lot of the Red Sox players got stuck in Toronto because they tested positive when <laughs> when they tried to come home. But um, that was a fun little two week of the season. But um, yeah, that that, was, that is true. They wow. they they had players playing because the vaccine mandate wasn't really a thing until.
0: I guess I'm only thinking the fact that Canada didn't have fans, so that's uh, or they had limited fans. Right. Obviously, they did for baseball, but I'm I'm like remembering like the whole Stanley cup final with the Canadians being in there and all that, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, But so, so like this wasn't a thing last year, like I said, but Toronto, we talked about 25 and 11 in games in Toronto last year. And then you throw into the fact that half their division. Isn't going to have some of their top superstars. Um, For the games, they go to Toronto, especially in the early part of the season, you know, we're having a whole different, we're having a whole different conversation. We're having this team is and prime to win a lot of games, especially early while the vaccine is still a thing mandated, is still a thing. This team is poised to win a lot of games, uh, especially at home, especially early and especially with particularly, I, I only know about the Yankees Red Sox. I assume the Rays and all the other teams have it, but it's just because the Northeast talks about vaccines more than everyone else. But these two teams particularly have superstars that and starters that are not, whatever reason vaccinated and they will not be able to play in Toronto. So there's a, there's a good chance that Toronto and Tampa, just like everyone's prediction, will be one-two, but more than just talent alone strictly because they're going to be playing against teams that won't be at full strength when they're at home, if you will.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. And we talked about a little bit pre-show of, of Toronto and the New York stuff, but yeah, the more I think about it and hearing the stats from last year and now with the additions that becomes so, so much more intriguing. And, and obviously again, the randomness of baseball, anything can happen, but wow. Again, it's why you play 81 games at home, 81 games away. And that's going to be a big so, advantage for him to start the season.
1: So a little insight into my one, two, Jordy, I've given you my one, two with, with Tampa one, Toronto two, uh, Red Sox three, Yankees four, uh, Baltimore five. Give us your prediction.
0: Yeah. So I've been going back and forth one, two on Toronto and Tampa. I, I think you just, push me over the line. I'm going to go Toronto one. I'm going to go with the chalk. I was at the start of this. I was Tampa one, but I'm gonna go Tampa two. Uh, That's funny. Tampa two. Um, Nice. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say. Don't do it. uh, Don't do it. I'm just going to go against you just to, just to annoy you a little bit. I'll say the Yankees three Red Sox 4 don't you do it. Yeah. I, I think the Red Sox are going to be really – I really like the Red Sox team too. Yeah, I'm going to say Yankees 3 just to go against you and have a little bit of a different prediction. And uh, Red Sox 4, Baltimore 5.
1: Do all three of the teams that don't come in first make the playoffs? I think so. With the expanded field?
0: I think so because I – we obviously haven't done any of the division previews and I've done not a ton of research on it, but like – which – that's also funny in a different way but um yeah i i really can't see other teams out of the the other two divisions really making a serious push i know there's there's some talent on other teams but seeing the two division le- or the division favorites for the other two i really can't think of an idea of another team in the american league that really tries to jump up into that you know s- sixth spot you know i I, you know, kind of your point on the Angels. There's always something that ends up firing there with them, and even with a full season of Trout, because he was hurt last year. Another full season of Otani. You know, the Mariners maybe they have something exciting going, but I, I just don't think, I don't think it goes there. Same, th- same thing with the Twins. I, I don't think the Twins are going to be that good. Cleveland, you know, may, you know, they. I think they're they're past their big days. So yeah, I, I think so. I think there are all all three wild cards come out of the AL East
1: yeah the only the only thing that i've seen is um you talk about the you talk about the twins you talk about the mariners but the angels sort of people are talking yeah the I, angels might have close to 90 wins like yeah i know they signed
0: over you know, and like they have a decent like they they finally seem like they're they're trying to invest in pitching which is really since their days where they were winning the division kind of at the you know before trout days and even the year they they made the playoffs they had really good pitching but like I don't know. There's always something there's always something that that impedes them. And I don't know if it's finally
1: the year that oh. they take a take the leap. But oh, always something. huh? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, literally, Mr. Like Superstar, what? Mr. Superstar can't get his team. Past, Baseball uh... is a team
0: sport, Greg. Oh, Baseball geez. is a team sport.
1: So so is hockey. And, and Crosby seems to lift his team in the playoffs every year. Yeah. And that's uh, why back, he's an out know nowhere. that's why he's on an MVP back, candidate. Yeah, as he should be, but not not, not Trout. who yeah. hasn't won a single game.
0: And, and who's won the MVP the last couple of years in hockey? And how has his team done in the playoffs? Mark and I just talked ad nauseum about Connor McDavid's problems in the playoffs last
1: week. Well, that's a perfect comparison. McDavid versus, uh, versus Trout. There you go. Perfect yeah, that's comparison. Cause you,
0: that's because you're all Mr. America. You're Austin Matthews. Do you just love Toronto? <laughs> Do you have a house up there? Are they paying you?
1: You know what's funny is because... Boston, Toronto are rivals in so many things, <laughs> and yet I love Vlad and I love Austin Matthews. <laughs> uh, uh, it's great; Vlad, he's so great. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, listen, let's let's call spade a spade here. I, do I think three teams is possible to come out of this East? Yes, but they will beat up on each other so much that. You know, if they all go 500 against each other, but they won't. Or if they all, if they're all, you know, let's say each win two or three, you know, whatever it is. uh, If they're two or three ahead of the other one, like it evens out somehow. um, You know, you're still looking at 91, 87, 84. You know, 87. You know, you're still looking at 90, whatever. 90. No one's breaking 100 wins with this division, um, barring something crazy. But, but the Angels. Twins Mariners you know some of these second rated teams all they would have to do really is beat up against their shitty competition in their division and get to that 84 85 86 7 threshold yeah. to get in and beat out uh, a Yankees in fourth place if you will
0: yeah the, the the A's and Rangers bring such a it brings such an interesting like wrinkle into the theory of of four AL East teams because of exactly what you just said. So it becomes a real, really intriguing conversation conversation that when we do the AL West preview is going to be probably a big topic of, can these guys steal some wins and, and prevent one of these teams from getting in?
1: And especially, like you said, the angels are investing in things they haven't invested in ever. They're, you know, the real reason why major league baseball expanded is so that a guy like Trout could actually make the playoffs for the first time in his life, you know, and, and, once. and Otani, you know, Yes, great player, unbelievable. He can do both, and you know we might see Masahubarder try and do both now that he can't hit anymore. Um, oh my god! You know, do you imagine? Yeah, right. Or Degrom? Uh, he's been. A, Degrom. Degrom has been. Cindergard.
0: Cindergard's a good hitter.
1: Yeah, Degrom Loki has been the best hitter for the Mets. Like the, the people talk about Mets fans up in arms that you're you're an NL guy, so you get it. But Mets fans are up in arms because they're like Degrom. They
0: they had good pitchers
1: that hit. They had good hitting pitchers. Forever, Degrom will let, De, De, DeGrom will let up one run and then single handedly drive in two by himself and win a game two to one. Well, that's himself. uh,
0: I mean, that's the big. That's always been the big Mets thing, right? Is Degrom's run support when you
1: look at that kind of stuff? We talked about it <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. Oh my god, it's brutal. Like talk about a pitcher, who, any run support, he's he's already a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, but, anyway.
0: Yeah, Mike Trout made the playoffs in 2014, batted 267, 600 OPS. No more slander. No 267, more slander.
1: under 300, he came back 300. In a, in oh, a shit.
0: One... No, actually, I am wrong here. He yeah. batted. Um, I was over on one on. I read the OPS, right? I thought it was slugging percentage. No, Craig, it's even worse. So you you have a point. 83. He had one hit, one for 12. Yeah. yeah. that's uh, Against
1: two. Which team?
0: uh 2014 uh does not say on the career stats but yeah that was an angels team it, it was either the royals or it was the orioles i think i think that was a royals orioles ALCS in 2014
1: anyway um, the point we, is that the 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 point is i thought the 600 uh, was a
0: slugging percentage and i correctly read it as ops but i was looking Two sixty-seven on base percentage.
1: Swept by the Royals in twenty fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God, he's a full year younger than me. Done so much more than me.
0: Mike Trout, South Jersey kid. South Jersey kid.
1: No, you're. He's an Eagles fan. He's one of us. You're allowed one of us. He's probably gonna
0: cry at Claude Drew's last game.
1: Eagles fans are gonna are gonna hang their hats on one Super Bowl for the rest of their lives, even though.
0: Hey, it works for the Dallas Cowboys.
1: <laughs> they've won three. Yeah, they haven't won. Uh,
0: how many playoff games have they won since the 1990s? All since I'm their saying last is Super that Bowl? they've always, won one game. Always, okay, one game, first Greg. First one
1: game, no Super right, Bowls. Mike Trout, you're Mike Trout in here. Um, no Super Bowls
0: for the Cowboys. <laughs>
1: Just because you won more recently doesn't mean that you have any leg to stand on. You're only as you good as your last are you, win. And what did exactly. the Eagles and the
0: Cowboys do? They lost on the same you, day. They lost on really the same lately? day
1: what have you done for me lately? Um, any other stories you want to get into, uh, in baseball quick, now that we're back, uh, the first preview, you know, we, we went through the AL East, the best division of baseball yet again. Uh, you know, it sucks, but it's the truth. Ever since the Red Sox became good, uh, in the early two thousands, it's really been the best division yeah. in baseball. Um,
0: no, no stories. Cause I'm sure we'll cover a lot of the other ones when we do the other divisions. Um, yeah, I'm just excited. baseball's back. I'm excited to watch whatever spring training games I can. With obviously March and, Madness in full swing, and
1: you know and the and the free agency is going to be yeah, fast free and agency. Loose
0: here. There's obviously a ton of more deals. So if you're listening to this later in March or early April, and there was you know big signing or big trade, obviously we missed it because we're recording this over lunch on St. Patrick's Day. So uh, yeah, yeah.
1: If the Red Sox get uh, <laughs> if the Red Sox get Insert player X. They are immediately bumped up to uh, second in the division. <laughs> the
0: the nice, uh, the nice cover your ass move. I'd love, <laughs> I would love that if uh, there was something and I just get you, or I get the computer recording of like some player, like they get, they get Mookie <laughs> back. It's like if they get Mookie. And, and they-
1: <laughs> yes. You insert it. Yes. Yeah. That's perfect. Listen next time it, whoever they get next time we do a pod just have me record like every free agent name and then you can insert it into your oh my god
0: that could be an instagram reel of just me me rattling having you rattle them off
1: yeah run, run the clip run the clip um, but yeah no i mean uh, i i i'm excited baseball's back i think hopefully they they release some of the media rights they let these clips on, on speaking of reels. On oh, yeah, Instagram that is before. one we could
0: talk about quick of that. The fact that yeah. there's this year they've expanded who covers games. So mm-hmm. they're going to have games on YouTube as well as on Apple TV Plus,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is going to be really interesting.
1: And they and, you know, they're going to allow a lot more on Twitter, right? They're going to allow more 60 second clips. I think so. I think, I think they've,
0: they've gotten better about that in the last couple of years. Greg, the other thing we can finish on this note, news out of the NFL, which affects baseball, Joe Buck going to ESPN. Do we think we get the biggest anti-Greg broadcast of all time? They scrap the rumored A-Rod cast and have Joe Buck and A-Rod in the booth on Sunday Night Baseball.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. I was going to ask you that. Is he, I know they signed both him and Aikman to Monday night. Is it only Monday night? Like, why would you leave? Because he was doing everything, Fox. Why? why
0: They the game of the week. He had, um, he had, you know, the the game of the week for football. He had. I don't know if he did regular season when Fox has like the Saturday game, which I don't even think they have. Yeah, he does. Did he?
1: I don't think he does. He does the Red Red Sox Yankee ones.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Um, It tells you how much Fox Saturday baseball I've watched in the last couple of years. Yeah, but um, the Phillies
1: aren't on it ever. It's always the Red Sox Yankees.
0: They've been on it, but. Normally um, I'm doing other things out. Ago. Normally I'm outside on Saturdays playing golf. So I'm not watching What's a lot of like? day baseball.
1: What's that like? Oh, it's great. Hashtag fake fan. You're not, you're not glued to the TV. 162 days of the year. I
0: watched. Oh, come on. <laughs> 2021 <laughs> handicap champion. Doesn't happen overnight. Greg <laughs> doesn't happen overnight. Uh,
1: so I, I was going to ask you, that: Is it only a Monday night deal or is it? Yeah. They're the Monday night all... team. Well, no, what know, other know, games does ESPN night... have? No, but I mean, like, is it only Monday night, which means they can still work for Fox or is it like,
0: oh yeah. Like a crossover scenario where like Aaron right. Andrews or is
1: they're a hundred percent, you know, you know, like how, um, you know, like, uh, Don Orsillo when he was Red Sox used to do it, he was contracted by Nessa, but then he would do all playoff games for TBS. Right.
0: Yeah. That's you know, like Keith Jones with, uh, TNT and the flyers. Um, Right. I don't know. Right. Well, he does so, have a team deal because that's what Matt Vasgersian did. He was Sunday Night Baseball, but he also had a contract with the with the Angels, and then he decided to leave right. Sunday Night Baseball because he only wanted to cover the Angels. So I don't know okay. if he like would he like would he try to like use that to get a contract with the, with the Cardinals? I don't know who their broadcast team is, but
1: no. But know. I guess my point is, he's, is he still with Fox, or he's a hundred percent done with? He's only with ESPN.
0: I haven't seen. I think he's only with ESPN. I haven't seen anything that he's still going to be on. Box baseball
1: because this is it because now I mean, you have to imagine Buck now does he's he's going to get NHL games. He's going to get. So
0: I, I've talked about this with some friends. Joe Buck's been on record saying he doesn't want to do hockey. Do you think he does it?
1: I don't think he signs ESPN without being their number one play-by-play guy for for all sports. Yeah, that that's
0: fair. That's a fair deal. And I mean, you know what, what I mean? Like, I, they're both getting paid enough be, money. Yeah. I
1: was going to say, like, like. Not that he's qualified to do NBA, but like he's their number one play by play guy. He He did golf for Fox. Yeah, he'll probably do, he's probably do, he'll probably do the master or whatever ESPN has. He'll probably do that.
0: Would you imagine him and Scott Van Pelt sitting in Butler Cabin?
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) I I, I just don't, I just don't know. Like I don't, I don't, unless they gave him, you know, $10 million a year, I don't know what, why he does that.
0: I don't know. It's, uh, unless it's really unless it's
1: really just a retirement job plus, Jordy, I know we're getting into this way too long. No, the other thing I was talking Never, the other was thing too long. I was talking, Greg,
0: we're we're still in an hour and a half. That's not long the, for
1: us. The other thing I was talking to someone about was he like ESPN did a disservice to their Monday night crew. Didn't even give him a shot because Eli and Peyton got elite guests, right? They got the top guests interviewed in between the game and they stole the show every Monday night. People didn't, if you're watching the Monday night game, which is rare, you were watching Peyton and Eli, unless your team was playing, you were watching Peyton and Eli. You weren't watching just the regular game unless your team was playing.
0: I would watch the regular, I, I watched Peyton and Eli a decent bit. I'd flip back and forth, but it, it got, it got a little stale for me at times. It was fun, but it got a little stale for me at times.
1: But the point is that you, they still took away. Yeah, they took away You still watched it. But yeah, the ESPN always watch does it. that.
0: They do that with, with Duke UNC. They have the 15 broadcasts and all that yeah, shit. They,
1: yeah, but no one's watching the simulcast where you can watch 10 different TV. Like, my point is that instead of giving that last year's crew a chance, like giving them two years, like they gave Booger and the other guy two years, they gave him one season. Like, Steve Levy wasn't bad.
0: No, he wasn't bad.
1: But now they're, you know, Buck and Aikman. I don't know. I I guess they don't have to work as much. I guess that's probably what it is. Buck doesn't have to work as much.
0: Yeah, the Cowboys are going to play
1: on every Monday night game. (laughs) It's just not true. But they they just don't have have to work as much. That's all it is.
0: No, Mac Jones versus Dak, the Black Kirk cousins. You can get it, you know, on Monday night football. You can get whatever. You got all your Cowboys on Monday night. They get their own day. They're America's team. They First don't win foremost, in the playoffs, but they're America's team. They get Monday nights.
1: They're not America's team. <laughs> <laughs> you can't self-appoint yourself something. Yes, like thank th- you, like Philadelphia, Greg. like Philadelphia, Philadelphia saying that the city of brotherly love. There's no love going on in Philadelphia.
0: Greg, Greg, watch tonight. You're gonna see the brotherly love for our for our fair Claude Giroux. Uh,
1: <laughs> one player, Drew. Uh. Poor guy. Do you think this is the last game, or do you think he's still not? Do you think they've had a deal in place for weeks, and they're waiting till today, or do you think it's he's going to play until Monday when the official deadline is?
0: So there is so many rumors of different things. Like Colorado made a deal; they shedded some cap. Apparently the Florida the Florida Panthers are sitting a prospect tonight in their AHL game. Like, so people are wondering, like, oh, is that a part of the deal? Because apparently Florida's now popped up as a. Ideal but location they, for him. Florida
1: just made a deal; they just got sh- Shiraz. They're not- yeah,
0: they did. So, pe- so when that happened yesterday, people were like, "Oh, the Flyers, you know, they're not going to get Drew now. They don't have the the assets." But now this prospect sitting out, so people are like, "Oh, maybe this is the guy." So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. A lot of people think it might happen tomorrow, Friday, the eighteenth. Other people think it might happen on Monday. Other people are worried he might not even waive his no move clause. I, I did see a couple takes on that that teams have cooled off because they're worried that he's. Not gonna waive it. He's gonna want to go back to Philly because he loves it here, and he's not gonna be totally in it. Which I think is that's a bogus take. He's a professional athlete who, you know, that that's his job. He's gonna want to fucking win a cup. I
1: right? was gonna say if you if you know you're only like Chris Bryan last year, if you know you're only going somewhere for three months, you're gonna do everything you can to yeah to win 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 for those three months. That's a then, good
0: point, Chris Bryan, You saw how emotional he was when he left Chicago. So like, yeah, yeah. It's a it was a pretty bad take, but. I don't know. It will be really interesting. Um, to bring it back to baseball. Bring it at, back to look baseball. Look at
1: me. What a, what a transition I just.
0: Made. I, I know, Greg. Five years in, we uh, oh, we're shit, finally getting be, somewhere. What should we pay for this? We should be paid for this.
1: Um, paid for this. Sponsor so, us. Memo <laughs> to I deserve a raise. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about this for a second. Gun to your head. Okay. Sorry, I don't like to. I don't like to do gun to your head. Let's see i have I have a ti- i have a, uh, I have a knife about to cut your tires on your car Jesus where is Claude Drew going?
0: I think the ads I want him to go to the ads
1: God I really hope. I really want it to be Boston.
0: I told you if he goes to the Bruins, I'm getting a Drew Bruins jersey.
1: Switch out for my best man one
0: no for me you don't get a you don't get a second jersey from me <laughs> Why because you came to both weddings
1: I did. Yeah. And he the bachelor did.
0: party. And the bachelor party. Matty D went to all three and he didn't even get a jersey.
1: It's fair. And he had to fill in, poor guy. Yeah,
0: he had to fill in. He had to fill in. We're uh we're doing a a shout out to our football co host, Matty D. We're doing a dad-schler party for him this weekend we're just oh, when's, taking a, his, uh,
1: when's the due date?
0: Uh in like about a month. Which Greg, he and his wife both have the same birthday. He's he's April eleventh, nineteen ninety one. She's April eleventh, ninety. I really want the kid to be on April eleventh. They really don't, but I want them to all have the same birthday. I think it would be that, awesome.
1: That would be incredible.
0: Yeah, right. Like they might get in the newspaper. That'd be cool.
1: That would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, and and they have ninety. They have a they have a zero one two. You know, because twenty twenty two. Yeah, you're right. Oh 90, man, they have a ninety one and twenty two. That'd be zero one two.
0: Kids gonna be. I mean, kids gonna be born with like golf spikes on. I I firmly believe.
1: I don't know. I feel like. Well, not to, let's not talk about Matt and his wife, but I feel like she. Uh, I feel it's like, golf. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like they're more of a. Flyers first family. Well, yeah. Let's get them into football. He didn't Although, play football. I, don't, so I, don't know. I was gonna say I don't know their. I don't know if their genetics. Uh, he knows football. Allowed. I don't know if the. Yeah, I was going to say I don't know if their allowed, allowed for, for, for that to their be.
0: Their kid is immediately going to be able to tell where like a backup linebacker went to college.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're both very smart. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, their kid, their kid will be going to Harvard. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah, Jordy. Uh. Let's talk about it for a second. Philly's first. Spring training game. Do you agree with the MLB for rushing spring training?
0: I mean, I think getting games back and wanting to do a full 162, I think as a, as some sort of, you know, handout to the fans is, is very nice. And, but uh,
1: why do the fans deserve anything?
0: Because they, there was a lockout and they were dicks.
1: Lockout we deserve- from fucking spring training
0: games. Come on. Yeah. Get to the regular season. Nobody gives a shit about the preseason.
1: They were dicks, but.
0: They were dicks. It's because. it's because Man owners, fraud.
1: Man the, fraud. Owners have, the owners have too much money.
0: Man fraud. Anyway, to answer your question. No, I'm, I'm fine with it being with spring training going and not being as long and just getting to the games. Just get to regular season games. I would hate to see fucking Grapefruit League action on April 25th because they said, Oh, we're gonna do the rebate to the fucking T V networks because we wanna have a full spring training. No, the the players wanna be they wanna be back in front of us. They wanted to get things going. They also lose money if they don't play a one sixty two. So I think they're gonna be fine with it. They'll maybe the start of the season's a little slow. Maybe we see low scoring games. You know, obviously pitchers stretching their arms out and all that. So who knows? Well it might be exciting, it might be boring the first couple of weeks, but I don't have a problem with it being shortened at all. Do you have a problem
1: with it? I think anything rushed like this leads to injury. And sure. We've, I mean, Chris and I was standing because he's a toothpick. <laughs> I don't know that this was the best move.
0: Maybe, but sure. I think the players wanted to get their full salaries, so you know, you get you. You get what you paid for or what you're getting paid for. So there you go.
1: You get what you paid for. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I, I'm always a player first kind of guy. I think yeah, the injury, same here. Injury, injury, injury. Well, clearly not. You're rooting for injuries and, and for them to rush. I'm rooting for them to get paid. You're rooting for them to rush and, and stretch out their arms and blah, 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 blah. You know,
0: stretching out your arm is good. That means you can act. The, stretching is important, Greg. We know this. We have
1: pellet. Uh, we have
0: sport bikes no free ads
1: <laughs> oh that's great um by the way michigan won so that's a good did they win let's go
0: want yeah. zero in my bracket not that anybody gives a shit
1: i mean we all give a shit um who'd you pick as a winner
0: uh i went with the field or with the, the chalk i went with gonzaga
1: nice i, mean, I was I gonna try to go like against
0: that. it i uh i just ended up thinking you know what they were so close last year. Maybe they should have won that game against Baylor. Baylor was playing really well, shot the lights out. And, you know, obviously they had the the crazy buzzer beater in the final four, but I think they can get it done. Um,
1: you can say Mr. Duke himself picked Gonzaga over Duke.
0: No, I have Duke losing in the second round. Mm-hmm. I've been a Duke fan. So, you, so my wife gave me a ton of shit about this tweet I set out during the ACC final where Virginia Tech won, where I was actively rooting for Virginia Tech and had the existential realization of super fan teenager Jordy, and how how he'd be, what he would think of seeing thirty one year old me, brooding so hard against Duke and wanting Virginia Tech to pull it out, which Virginia Tech did. And you're, you're, um,
1: you're talking about a school that you applied to and would have gone to.
0: No, I didn't apply to Duke. I didn't like. I visited Duke and didn't like it. That's why I didn't apply. Uh. Yeah. No, if I if I. The If I ended up liking Duke and applied and gotten in, I would have gone there, but I did not apply. I did apply to one ACC school. I applied to UVA. Didn't get in. They're a loss. Yeah. Lehigh beat Duke. Just, uh,
1: yeah, UVA, yeah.
0: UVA was cool. I also, the one, this is real inside Jordy, but uh, I looked at Wake Forest immediately after looking at Duke. I wish that mm. I'd looked at that not after looking at a school I was so like hyped on looking at because I just didn't even give it a shot. And, and thinking back, back on it, Wake Forest was pretty cool.
1: I think it all worked down the end. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but Duke. realistically, realistically, you're Mr. Duke and Mr. Duke <laughs> has as
0: trading places,
1: the Duke Mr. brothers. Duke. <laughs> nice. Who do you have them losing to
0: uh, I have them losing to Davidson.
1: People are invested. Um, people are invested. Where do you think LeBron jr. Goes?
0: Um, I don't know. I don't really pay attention to basketball prospects
1: because LeBron said that he wanted his son to go to play for Coach K, but
0: yeah, Coach K, Coach K's retiring. He had his he had his night ruined by UNC. Yeah,
1: that was then he funny.
0: told the st- he told the students to shut up.
1: I have Auburn. I oh, know I have uh, Arizona winning it all. Well,
0: that's a good pick. I think I have Arizona losing early too. Um, no, I have them in the Elite eight. I have them losing to uh, Illinois.
1: What? Oh, Illinois yeah I've right. Kansas losing
0: early so I, I do have a one seed going down pretty early
1: you know what's funny is uh, there have been times where I always tell myself in a year where there's no like clear one or two guy always pick Kansas because they seem to win in those years and it worked out for me every time I've done it yeah but this year I didn't do it there's no there's no clear like this team's been in the other but I think Arizona Baylor Gonzaga I feel like I feel like all the one seeds, you know, more or less are the best teams. They've they been, are the best been, teams. They've There's been like, they've been they've been one through four all year.
0: Yeah, they're they're definitely the best teams, but it's like, and you're right, they've been up there, but like A, what fun is picking four ones? it agree. only happens though so
1: often. I agree. I don't I don't trust Auburn. Um
0: yeah, I where do I have them losing? Yeah, I have them losing to Wisconsin. I, I almost had them losing to USC. They are they're a very shaky team.
1: I think I have Wisconsin in my final four.
0: I do too. I like Wisconsin a lot.
1: Hell, I mean, we're competing against each other, and it sounds like we have the exact same bracket. Uh,
0: well, uh, I could probably confirm that in in our bracket challenge group. you I, like my I uh, have, my knock against I, ESPN in the email.
1: Although I have Duke ahead of everyone else, or winning further, losing to Gonzaga, but um, look at
0: you, Mister Duke, in the final actually, four.
1: No, they're not in the final four. Um they ha-
0: oh no, they're in there
1: they're in Gonzaga's bracket. Yeah. Maybe I have them losing before Gonzaga. Either way, I don't have them coming out of that bracket. No. Um The only thing about Gonzaga that scares me is Chet Holmgren is a toothpick.
0: Yeah, he is. But they have Timmer.
1: Yeah, but he's not playing as well this year. Always kind of underrated, in March. Underrated. That point guard who's with Orlando now was so good last he year. He was really
0: good. Yeah, yeah, They yeah. don't
1: have that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a fair point.
1: He was nasty, and he's fucking a starter in the NBA this year, so i tells tell yeah. you how good he is. Well, it's also certainly. the
0: Magic, so.
1: I don't know what that means, but.
0: The Magic aren't good, although they took the Sixers to overtime. Last Sunday, but anyway,
1: as I said, yeah. Let's we, wrap we, this up. We we could, we could have cut this twenty five minutes ago. Yeah, that's fine. I am curious about If
0: people are still listening to this, we appreciate are you they? as we always do.
1: If they're listening to this, I want us. I want you to tweet out that Mike Trout is not.
0: Tweet out Duke Brothers not the best
1: player. Tweet out Duke Brothers at yes, Gregan. Even me. better, the Duke but Brothers, also, but also Mike Trout's not as good as everyone else.
0: No, fuck that take. That's terrible.
1: Oh, how dare
0: you? Terrible take. Terrible take.
1: I think. I, oh, okay. Anyway, let's wrap different this thing pod up for a different day. Different pod for a different day. Greg, thank numbers, you. By the numbers, he's not the best. Jordy, thank you.
0: Terrible take. Yes, of course. I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad baseball's back. I'm glad that we best take. I'm glad that we are in full swing. I'm recording the NL West podcast this weekend. So keep a lookout for that on Monday. But for Greg Fiatelli, I am Jordy Cannell. Subscribe to the podcast, the bullpen cart, wherever you get your pods. Have a great weekend, everybody. And go Zags.
1: <laughs> go Sox.